0: Good afternoon, good evening, good dawning, everyone. Chief Yuya here with our podcast, Chief Yuya Podcast. We're at episode 64, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, you know, I wanted to build on uh, something I I started around education. Um, I really was uh, slated to have a talk and save it for one of the podcasts, but uh, during one of the Friday broadcasts for Our New Life Global Ministries, I touched on some things, and then also in our clubhouse uh, this past Sunday, I also ended up <laughs> ranting on some things in regards to uh, institutionalized schooling. And uh, you know, like I said, I really meant to save those things for the podcast, but it's it's you know, it it was a, I guess a a way to warm up into the subject, if you will. You know, this um, subject really all came about because, uh, I mean, I obviously I talk about things like homeschooling often and the value of homeschooling and uh, more so just the value of not bringing your children into an environment with the assumption that what's going to be returned to you is better than what you dropped off. You know, so that's something I've been speaking to for years now, you know, but, um, more increasingly because we're, we're in this place now where, um, a recession slash depression slash financial apocalypse is upon us, you know, and people are waiting to hear from the quote unquote experts, which is a part of the issue, uh, to tell them that Yeah, we're, we're in a, we're in a a recession or, you know, we're, we're in a a depression or, you know, now it's a time where, um, you need to think about how you're going to pay your mortgage or how you're going to put food on the table and all of these different things that, um, are coming forward that are going to require and currently do require, um, a deeper measure of, Creative uh, financing as well as uh, what we could say out the box thinking in order for us to have certain assurances that uh, we can take unconventional approaches that are, of course, well reasoned and produce successful outcomes for our households and for our loved ones. And I find myself uh, in a space where that premise is very difficult for people to grasp today, you know? And I know a lot of it is because of what they've been conditioned and formed into as a result of the toxicity and the, the injure, injuries that they've sustained uh, within institutional schools. So, I wanted to speak on that, of course. And, um, you know, like I said, I. I had referenced it in uh past two segments. You know, there was a Shima and then there was a, the Anu Midday Affirmative. And um, I said, yeah, this is something we need to really look at because I'm seeing this these crippled adults now who are now faced with. And I mean, we even go back from, um, you know, COVID situations where, OK, I lost my job because I didn't want to vaccinate or just because we ended up having to close my branch down or whatever, now what do I do? And for so many people, because they don't have that that um, mind that uh, kind of teaches them how to successfully pivot, you know, uh, across the world span, most, think, most adults will say, I'm going to go back to school. <laughs> you know, and what that is, is, you know, just to sum things up, it's I'm going to go ask permission or I'm going to, you know, even when we're looking, um, we're looking at a recession or some type of financial issue, or even a, a pharmaceutical issue, a scientific issue, a health issue. The first thing we we're waiting to hear from is is from the experts, quote unquote. Let's see what the experts have to say before we uh, know what we're supposed to do before we can establish a proper agenda for ourselves and you know, this thinking again comes from being in in these learning quote unquote environments where there's a level of um, academics that are introduced that are harmful to free thinking and harmful harmful for free to freedom. You know, one of the things that I had shared was uh, a lot of times uh, well, not not a lot of times every time, you know, how do we start the day off? We pledge allegiance to a flag which is a form of uh, programming because the moment you pledge allegiance to a flag, especially not understanding what you're saying, not only are you pledging allegiance to an inan- inanimate object, but you're also relinquishing your freedom. You know, if someone were to come to me and say, Chief Yuya, yeah, I pledge allegiance to you, you know, that means now they're they're pledging their life to me. They're pledging themselves over to me and on to some degree, I may now be responsible for them, or I may be uh just about to send them on a mission that I don't wanna go on if 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 you will, but they have uh already said, "Don't worry about freedom, my life is yours." so we introduce this to young children, you know um where we begin with um I pledge allegiance, and then after that, anything that occurs. The child has to ask permission. So, you know, I relinquish my freedom. And then for everything after that, I have to get a permit. You know, uh, within those environments, when a child wants to go to the bathroom, they have to ask for permission. You know, that, that's something that happens inside of a correctional facility. You know, when I want to go to the bathroom. I have to ask you if I can go to the bathroom, even though my body is telling me I can <laughs> and will you know, regardless of what's said. Uh If I have a question, if I have a query, there's always this blockage in front of me actually receiving my answer because I have to ask a question to ask a question. My first question I ask is, can I ask a question? May I ask a question? Or raising my hand, raise your hand, you see? And then that carries forward. You'll find people who are, you know, could be 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years out of the schooling environment and when they have a question, we'll do what? Raise their hand you see so um, and we may say, well, how else would you establish order right there's many ways you you can establish order, but the point I'm saying is that it's evident that the programming that's received you know at the, that age is is obviously, and we you know many of us know this now it's it's meant to establish a servant class and to establish happy um non thinking workers the best sort of citizen is a non-thinking one a missing or uninformed one you know so um going back that far you know um into the theories that are induced into children you know is something that i i have been touching on because of course again seeing it now um in adult life and what that a lot of times translates into are adults who feel like they need permission to do whatever it is they want to do, you know. Um, I want to start a business, you know. I want to go, I see a corner um, rental space that's open and I want to open up a food place or a cell phone store or, you know, what, whatever it is, you know, real estate or accounting or, you know, something, right. You make your pick, laundromat. And the first thing I do is I I go speak to an expert or I go back to school you know, I have to go ask permission of my handlers to ask, can I go do this? Am I allowed to go do this? You see, and it's it's an old world sort of um, technique that's still in us. Nowadays, of course, we're flooded with information. And honestly, anything that you want to learn how to do is online. You, you don't really need um, to get anyone's permission to learn anymore or permission to move forward with an idea or thought that you have but the problem is when you've been injured by that environment for so long it creates this situation within people where they become traumatized from learning against learning you might say hey you know you can just go on youtube and you can go look that up you can go and find some pdfs and and you know read that manual and figure out how to do it but you know we we, through our years of academic um, trauma, we begin to asso- associate academics with, you know, um, anxiety, something that's unenjoyable, something that's tedious, you know, um, certainly nothing that's fun, if you will. You know, so um, we lose that truth and that reality that we come into the world as explorers and exploring is fun. You'll see a lot of times a child who's crawling on the floor, an infant, you know, once they get that that crawl and they learn how to crawl with some measure of speed, they'll be laughing while they're while they're crawling. When they learn how to walk, they always laugh when they walk. They laugh when they learn how to run, you know, because it in, it increases the quality of the exploration. You know, we come into this world wanting to explore and wanting to learn. And that integral part of of ourselves is diminished through the activities that we're exposed to inside of these institutions. And like I said, why would you ever send a pure, innocent being into an institution? You're institutionalizing someone who is fine just the way they are. You know, it's not like they need to be committed for 30 days or anything like that, but you're institutionalizing them and what happens is that of course they create these um negative associations and they lose their enthusiasm you know when they enter into the adult world about continuing to learn and con- and continuing their education it's the last thing they, they want to hear they celebrate when summertime comes you know they celebrate when graduation comes they celebrate at the end of the of the school day because it's been such an arduous um experience for them and You know, it's something that, sadly enough, it leads further into life for people, you know, down to when it's time to pivot and make a creative move, they're frozen, especially if that move requires that they learn something. Oh, you can do this. You can do that. Oh, you lost your job. No problem. You're good at this. You could do this. They get frozen. Oh, you know, maybe I need to get a certificate in that. Maybe I need to get a degree in that. You know, I need to get permission from someone who says that I can do it, that I'm able to do it. And the truth is we live in an environment where out the box, bright, energetic thinkers are what are most desired by by different companies, you know, different organizations and, and different agencies. And the truth is you lose that ability um, when you are inside of these institutions, you, you don't have that, that developed sense of, um, competence. Yeah, I can do that. I know I can do it. I just, let me take a look at it for a while. A lot of times, you, you know, being in those environments, you even lose contact with what your passions are and what your interests are. This is why you'll speak to so many adult people and say, well, what are your passions? What are you, what are you into? Oh, I just, I don't know. I just like to, hang out with my friends, go to the movies, you know, regular stuff, you know, that within itself, you know, if you want to know like really a lifelong loser is someone who, who doesn't get an opportunity to, to learn what their interests are and what their passions are and to pursue them, whatever they may be, because you don't need permission from anyone to say that's a, that's a respectable passion. That's a decent passion. You know, you may be passionate about removing lint from garments. You know, only that's between you and your creator as to why this is something I love to do. You know, I love popping, um, packing bubbles. You know, now they, they have a like a uh, you know thing they sell, product they sell where you could pop it, it sounds and feels like packing bubbles. That was smart, someone finally did that, <laughs> you know. Um, but the point I'm saying is that you know, when you are in an environment that removes you from the real world, if you will, um, you, you kind of develop this, this discomfort in the world. You know, that's why a lot of times you, and it's, it becomes normal, you know, unfortunately, normalized where there are, um, young people who don't know how to converse with older people. You put them in a, in, in a room and you try to speak to them and you just get a bunch of one word answers. How you doing? Fine. How's school? Fine. <laughs> What's your favorite subject? Mmm. You know, what do you like to do in your spare time? Mmm. You see, there's, there's no real exchange of ideas or anything like that because um, a lot of times that thinking and that respect you know, when you look at some of these curriculums, the curriculums are so, they, they, they lead to vulgarity. You see, they, they lead to a dumbing down and a dulling of the children and, and ultimately a disrespect, which is one of the things that I was sharing. You know, um, the curriculums are undermining to your parental responsibilities and your parental role. You know, that's one of the things, some of the theories, that are taught inside of these, inside of these, um, schooling institutions, even down to, um, uh, gender, you know, how gender is taught and the perspective that is taught from, you know, it's, it's almost intentionally, especially if you, um, exist within a, a heteronuclear family, you know, you're, you're almost, you're, you're shamed <laughs> out, out of that. You know, there, there's so many different things that, that we look at there, but, um, you think about what? what is a school essentially supposed to do? It's supposed to prepare a young person to have a good life. And essentially, school now is just college prep. And what is college prep? College prep is just preparation to get a good job, right? And (laughs) neither one of those things happens, (laughs) obviously, because there are many students who go through their 12 years or their 13 or 14 years of of schooling and then go off to college and fail in their first semester and never make it past that because they were not properly prepared. There are many students who make it through their their college career and can't hold down a job. They can't even hold a job, let alone um, take ownership of a career or a business. That shows you right there that there's real no preparation, but rather there's a preoccupation with... um, an end product rather than with an actual process you see i'm i'm going to be a graduate i'm a graduate i have this degree what was the process i don't even remember i don't remember the classes i took i don't remember the grades i got but i have this product now and as a result again of that lack of learning and the focus on all of these high stakes that create anxiety inside of children you know like in new york we have the regents you know, but, you know, all over you have your SATs and these different exams that become so high stake. And the grading, it, it sends this message that whatever your grade is becomes linked to your overall value. You see, and and your value is based on your success. You see, and there is there is a sickness about that because in these environments, they'll, they'll link success with value but at the the same time remove your opportunities to succeed you know like a big thing now is participation trophies you know everyone everyone gets something so now you remove the desire to win from young people you remove the desire to see where they fall you know maybe there's a particular game that we're playing and i find out i'm just not that good at that game okay that's okay for me to find that out because You know, I can find something else out. Maybe there's something else that I'm into, something else that I'm good at. And while that young person over there is good at that, I'm over here good at this. And this is what sets up your foundations for barter and trade. You see, but you, you, you know, one of the things I spoke about recently was you fall into this toxic socialism when we're unable to really acknowledge the, 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 and celebrate the differences between each other and look at those differences as a, as a means to, to build and strengthen the economy between us. Our economy is our relationships, right? But if you're bringing something to the table and I'm taught that I'm bringing the exact same thing to the table, then we have nothing to trade. You see, we, we, we have no value that we can exchange with each other. You know, and this, you find this even, this, this same mentality is carried forward into relationships. Nowadays, um, with the effeminization of, of men, in the Western world, you know, when a child comes up, they're supposed to have two mommies, you know, you always hear these things or these skits or whatever, where a woman is bringing a man to a child to babysit. You can watch the baby too. That's not the man's job. That's not his job to watch the babies. That's the woman's job. And if she needs some help with that, she needs to go to her mother. She needs to go to her sisters. She needs to go to her friends. But a lot of times women don't have any community. You know, so it's just her and and the husband, you know, and that's for other reasons that are a part of this toxicity that we're taking in that, you know, people don't have friends nowadays. They're not friendly. <laughs> you know, they don't have a lot of love around them because they're not lovable, you know, and a lot of this begins in these environments, you know. So nowadays it's two mommies. We both do the same exact thing. And if we're both doing the same exact thing and any time. Um, someone pokes more so the man pokes his head up and says, "Well, I think there's something I can do better than you." He's a chauvinist. He's misogynist. He's got a phobia. He's sexist. You know, and it leads to it, it leads to things like Thor: Love and Thunder, stupid movies like that. You know, where you get these franchises completely. I know the new Black Panther is going to be garbage. I already know. I'm not even waste my time. I mean, in reality, the first movie wasn't really that great. You know, I know it's blasphemy. It's blasphemous to say that, you know, but it wasn't really that great of a movie. But the point of, but you know, all of these movies have all of this, this feminism deeply ingrained. Um, the Star Wars franchise, terrible now, you know, rife with feminism. You know, they, they use men to make these movies great. Terminator, they use men to make these these movies exciting and great. And then once they get the, they get an audience, they then insert the agenda. Well, the agenda was there the entire time, really, you know, and that's not to say that, um, movies with women, you know, at the lead are, are not great. They're, they're great. You know, there's some great movies with women at the lead, but you know, for those who are in a no, I don't have to do a whole bunch of explaining. When I say there's clearly an agenda, you know, it's, it's, it's plain as day. You got Natalie Portman now, you know, she's a new Thor and Thor is a bumbling idiot. You know, these are the same things and he's he's a God, (laughs) you know, um, but these are the same sort of uh, motifs that we're exposed to in the learning environment. And then we're also exposed to when we get back home, this constant undermining of the heteronuclear family. And this constant undermining of the parental roles and the parental authority, you know, where um, your, your parents are always kind of viewed as these idiots. And what happens is that over time, because these new standards are created inside of a young person, um, which don't work, they find themselves by the time they hit 40 or 50 years old, unable to do anything on their own without asking permission and very angry. Because what they've been told that will lead to a successful life didn't. They don't realize that they were lied to. That it it just doesn't work that way. You know, like you go to the school environment again and they'll teach you Darwinism. They'll teach you survival of the fittest. But then they have all these anti-bullying policies. The two don't, it doesn't make sense. (laughs) You know, now, and I'm totally against bullies. I cannot stand bullies, but let's just look at the sense of it. You know, survival of the fittest, but everybody gets a trophy. Everybody wins. So now what kind of mind does this create later? This creates a, a very obnoxious, arrogant, stiff necked, egotistical mind. Because later on in life, when you don't succeed, Because if I succeed and no matter what I do, then that means, and success is linked to my value, then I'm always valuable because I'm always succeeding. Therefore, I'm always right. So the moment that I fail, and I fail because I did something wrong, it's impossible for me to accept that I actually did something wrong. Because I've been told since I was a small child that everything I did was right. And I hold so much value. And I was never put in an environment where I had to see You know, if I could survive based on my level of fitness or where my level of fitness need may need to improve. So eventually, you know, students also see school as a joke because they realize it is we're all going to get participation trophies. I don't even want to participate. If I don't get an opportunity to succeed or to see what I can really do or to show that, hey, this is something that I'm good at and maybe better than everyone else (laughs) at this particular thing, then it's not something I even want to do. So I drop out. And then you end up with adults who don't necessarily know their objectives in life. They don't, they, they remove their sense of long-term object, objectives and they drop out of light, out of life, if you will, because they don't have the tools to think independently. You know, they don't have the tools to think about what their goals should be because they never needed to because, well, I just do this. We all, we're all successful if I do this, this particular thing you see. So what I'm seeing unfortunately and sadly is um a lot of adults now who've lost their flexibility in thought because they weren't properly prepared for that when, you know, different winds shift in different directions that they can move with it and they know how to become interested in a thing. You know, and they can become interested in something, pursue that thing because a lot of times um their interest and their excitements were not supported as children. That's one of the worst things you can do. You know, if your child shows an interest in something, you expose it to them. You know, whatever they want to do. Oh, I like horses. Okay. Let's go to a horse farm. You can learn more about that. I, I, I like drawing. Okay. Let's take, let's go to an art class. Let's go to a class in, a, in anatomy. You know, I'll get you an art tutor, what, whatever it is. We'll go to an art show. Let's go to a museum. But wherever your interests are, I'm going to, I'm going to walk down that road because your desire is something that's going to motivate you and it's going to spark something in you to want to learn and do more. You see, so that keeps you always fresh, keeps you always flexible. So when things may change around you, you have the ability to kind of jump as you need to be. And it may be science. It may be history, maybe literacy, whatever it is, but you set those higher expectations. Um, and your child as it pertains to pursuing their interests. And that removes them out of the space of, of living within mediocrity. You, you see, um, one of the biggest challenges that I've, I've often seen, you know, with older people, I said, like, uh, not only just asking for permission for everything they're doing, but what they link their value to. You know, oftentimes linking their value to money. And like I said, that that midlife crisis is engineered. They get to a certain age and the money didn't do it for them. So they say, okay, I'm going to get a divorce. If I'm going to get a divorce and once I get this divorce, I'll be happier. <laughs> you know, once the children go off to school, I'll be happier. Uh, I get this car I've always wanted to buy. I'll be happier. You know, chasing all these things for happiness by adding on is what that school environment teaches or the institutional school environment and the re- the reality is happiness doesn't come from adding happiness comes from subtraction you know it, moments that you find that you're happy just do this as a test for yourself think about why you were happy, and I promise you it was because it was there was something going on or happening or with you that was not complicated it was something very simple. I was sitting on the bench, and the sun just felt good on my skin. Made me happy. I was sitting at at the park and just saw some children playing with a balloon, and I felt happiness. You know, I, I tried out a recipe I always wanted to try, and it was really good. And then, I don't know, I just ate it, and you know, I felt very content and happy. Happy just eating it. You see, our ability to sacrifice <laughs> is where happiness comes from. Not adding on. You see, our our genius. Which is really a common quality and natural to all of us is only revealed when we strip away the layers, and when that genius comes comes forth, then you know we we come into that place of of bliss, if you will. You see, and and I know that may seem crazy to many. You know, I, sac- happiness comes from sacrifice, from removing, you know, because we're taught the exact opposite inside of those environments that just set us up for for deeper levels of Ponzi schemes. Go to school and prepare you to go to college. Go to college and prepare you for a great career. And you're going to spend the next 20, 30 years of your life paying me back the money that I gave you to go to college. No guarantee that you're going to get a career. You'll find that out later. No guarantee that you'll be able to hold down a job because I didn't teach you anything about workplace politics. I didn't think I didn't teach you anything about the psychology of the business environment. I didn't teach you anything about that. You know, like one of the things I, I had shared, um, on one of those segments is, you know, the practical skills, you know, um, teaching civics, teaching civility, you know, but, um, why aren't children taught how to pick candidates, you know, political candidates? They're, they're taught about the branches of government, right? But they're not, they're not, and they're not really taught constitutional law. So, you know, they're, they're pretty ignorant to that. But um, the government is for the people, by the people, right? So why don't you teach them how to judge candidates that they would cast their vote on? You don't teach them that. You don't even teach them how to vote. But you stress that they need to do these things. You see, but so there's no real world application. So again, as they, they grow into adulthood, they find themselves less content with life. Um, find themselves enjoying learning less and less because of the trauma that's been brought on by it. This is why, you know, and and I don't say this lightly, but um, a lot of times when you see young people who are ready to take out the strongest degrees of their aggression with hardware, they usually do it in schools, if they don't do it in schools, they do it in churches. Because they've they've felt a lot of their pain and disappointment and 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 the roots of their trauma came from those environments. So that's where they go to release that aggression and release that anger, you know, and and disappointment that's been put inside of them. You see? Maybe it was their first failure Because they're they're taught, you know, they have these grading systems in the school where you can fail and and an F means some, oh, you failed. It means so much. Whereas failure is, you know, these these are things, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, and take it from me, I am an entrepreneur. I've told people many times that I've had more failed businesses than successful ones. I've had more failed businesses than I can count. Many failed businesses. I I have a house full of business certificates. You know, when you register your business at the county, you know, I have a bunch of that. Oh, yeah. yeah, I did on one of the, Oh, yeah. I did on that. I did on that. I I didn't work out. That one didn't work out. That one didn't work out. You see, that's what going out and living is about, especially as a man. You know, we go back to that double mommy thing. We both do the same thing. No, it's okay for the woman to manage the home. And the woman to manage the children and find her greatness there. A man finds his greatness outside of there. And his presence should be felt through the loyalty and dedication of the woman that he's with. So he doesn't have to be there all the time. Because the woman is constantly your father, your father, your father. Making sure that his presence is felt. So he can go out and do great things for the family. He can't do great things from the sofa. Doesn't work that way. You see now, I know again that's a blasphemous statement because nowadays you're not supposed to preserve the qualities and the values even if they're from your ancient culture that maintain free will and help you to gain traction as a as a community and help you to to gain traction and to establish freedom and balance and a sense of personal re- responsibility based on your sexual um gift and your your sexual endowment. You know, we're not supposed to teach that anymore, of course, you know, um, but I teach it, and I will continue to speak it, you know, um, I know when things are being perverted, and I could and it's obvious when they're being perverted intentionally, and if you study enough, you know why they're being perverted intentionally, you know, so, like I said, this was just something that i I was thinking hard on um because I'm experiencing so much of it now, people who feel stuck don't know how to pivot to the left, don't know how to pivot to the right because they've been damaged or school damaged, as I call it. And um I, I am an advocate for unschooling. I'm an advocate for homeschooling. Um I'm I'm an advocate for uh, autonomous schooling. Let a child wake up and decide what they wanna do. You can still give them structure. You can still give them rules. There's nothing wrong with that. Those things should be there. But what is it that they wanna pursue? Based on their timing and their rhythm, you know, being inside of that school environment, especially if you have a child who's a deep thinker and becomes absorbed in the caverns of their thought, giving them 43 minutes to focus on one subject is not enough. And then telling them, oh, we'll come back to this tomorrow or day after tomorrow. You can go home and read more in your book. That doesn't work. You're breaking up the vibe and the rhythm. Some children, you, you give them a concept and they may need two days to just focus on it and meditate on it and explore with it more. You know, you let them wake up. What do you want to work on today? What do you want to do today? What do you want to explore today? You know, you start to learn to treat them as, uh, you would like to be treated <laughs> and understand that they're just, they're just smaller people, you know, but they have the ability for greatness inside of them. You know, of course, um, these institutions will teach you something completely different but you know they don't lead to fulfilling entrepreneurial lives based on what they they're taught in those environments the truth is it's a pyramid scheme go into this place it'll prepare you for this place and not prepare you for this place and you never you never it's a con game you never actually see the fulfillment of your commitment to that system especially nowadays Because the world has changed so much They have schools and some colleges now Teaching social media influencing That's a class now They have to succumb to the reality of what is But why would I need a class in that Let's be honest (laughs) Why would I need a class in social media influencing I can watch what influencers do I can watch videos on it I can take a little 1999 class That somebody sells if I want why would I have to go into your institution and go into debt to learn this thing that, you know, if you if you knew how to do it properly, you wouldn't be begging me for my dollars to come inside of here to, to give it to you. I mean, it it, it it goes down so many different cameras on so many different levels, but we have to remember to and recognize and teach our young people to recognize their own personal agency. That's an important thing. You know, so that they can retain their free will, retain their joyful acts of self-discovery that often, you know, are lost because of that environment that we put them in that we know damages them. We know it. Like I said recently, you go through 18, 19 years of schooling yourself and you can't even homeschool your own children. That should be an alarm to you, for you. You go through 10th grade, you can't homeschool a ninth grader. But you just finished ninth grade, but you can't even take another young person through what you just went through because the focus on is on product, not process. Truth is, you didn't learn anything other than different ways to conform, different ways to to fall into a standard. And like I I said, you know, you can't standardize or you shouldn't standardize humans because what happens that there's always going to be an internal spiritual rebellion. That expresses itself sometimes in the ugliest of ways because that's the only way it can get freedom from what you just, from what you just did to it. You can standardize a house. We're going to, we're going to do row houses and they're all going to have this kind of kitchen. They're all going to, we're going to use this kind of toilet in all of them. We're going to use this type of flooring in all of them. No problem. That's what school is though. It's, it's, it's assembly line standardization for humans. You see. And we're getting to a place where, and we've kind of been there, you know, you shouldn't put your children in there. Not if you truly love them. You shouldn't put them in there. It's not physically safe. It's not intellectually safe. It's not spiritually safe. Like I, I mentioned before, you know, and then I, again, I'm repeating some of the things that I shared recently because they were kind of chopped up, but they took prayer. Now there's a bill coming forth where they, some schools have approved they're putting prayer back into the schools that should be really interesting. <laughs> that's going to be really interesting because I think about some of the uh, the critical race theory that's being taught and I think about some of the, the sexual orientation theory that's taught and then you're going to couple that with prayer as if this is a, a spiritual environment. Deep, right? But they took prayer out. It took God out but didn't take religion out of the schools. So now they can teach religion from a scientific perspective make them all equal with each other and if you now decide that you want to invest yourself in some sort of spiritual religious practice um you're seen as weak see that that was the key that's why children look at that as weak you see like oh you you, you know you don't realize that that's just a fairy tale you don't realize that that's just all made up scientifically speaking but i guess you need that crutch of a god you need that crutch of prayer. You need that crutch of that religion. You see, that's the undermining that happens inside of that environment. You see, so there, there, there are so many different things to sort of, um, look at. And I know I'm going to be bringing this, bringing this up again because, like I said, um, I'm dealing with a lot of people from a philosophical perspective that holistically have been so damaged by these processes that, um, they've lost their own personal emphasis on peace and on sustainability of themselves and seeking justice and, and, and learning how to kind of live in a diverse world, if you will. Um, knowing that each individual in whatever environment, especially a learning environment, all has unique needs, unique interests, unique learning styles. We all learn differently. And we're all interested in different things, and we um when we're in when we're in the the arms of a loving educator, they will adapt curriculum um to us, you know, the learners, as opposed to forcing us to adapt to a curriculum. you know we become empowered by learning how to pursue the goals that we may have in the future based on our interests. You know that way we're properly prepared if we want to go into a university setting we're we're prepared we've learned how to build up our strengths and 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 really look at our areas of development by while at the same time staying true to our nature and and who and what we are you know we we're our passions are protected, our enthusiasms are are protected, you know, and we feel a different level of of confidence. Any abilities that we have to make an impact on our environment, wherever it may be, you see, you do not get that <laughs> at your local school site. That's just not going to happen. You know, you like I said, that standardization creates a sick form of socialism that removes individual value, creates this one mind. You know, we're, we're now no one has any particular talent or gift that they can bring to the table to barter and and, and trade. You know, and everyone's so afraid of a, getting an F. Everyone's so f- afraid of failure. So as they become adults and they reach out into the world, there's no there's no um adventure of entrepreneurialism. There's no adventure of travel. When things happen, like they lose their the job and these sort, of, you know, these sort of tragedies occur in their lives, they, they have no clue what to do. They become dumb. Dumb is unable to process wisdom, truth, and information. That's dumb. They can't, they can't process it anymore because that light has been so dulled in them. You know, they can only move based on instruction given to them by an institution or one that resembles the institution that they came from that previously damaged them. They don't know what their, their interests are or how to pursue them. And everything is linked and tied into money. If I'm not getting money for it, why should I do it? You, you see, that's the only value that they see is, is what's tied into success. Success is tied into money. And this has to be fixed and addressed. You know, this is just really an opener to the subject that I'm, that I'm, you know, speaking on at this time. Cause there's, there's so many different levels to it. Um, but, but again, ultimately what I'm, what I'm sharing, you know, based on again, what I've been having to kind of talk people through a bit, you know, um, as of late, and I know more and more of it is coming, you know, um, we have to start to go back and unpack some of the damage that we received in these, um, sick environments, and start to really look at, especially if you have children now, you know, ways that you can create an instructional process um, that's not based upon um, what you validated based on the system. You know, when you tell somebody your homeschooling, the first thing they say is, well, what curriculum are you using? You don't have to use a curriculum. <laughs> you don't have to do that. You know, but if you don't, it's almost like when you tell somebody you play music. Oh, do you read music? They immediately want to see how invested you are in the system, you see. And it doesn't work. <laughs> the system does not work. It's broken. But people want to see vestiges of it. So even when you homeschool, you basically have to create the home the same system but just do it at home. And that's not how it should be, you see. When you send your children off to that environment, you can't expect them to come back better. They come back damaged and they come back resenting you because you're being undermined in that space, especially if you're representing a heteronormative sort of reality at home. You see, the coursework that, that that's being put in front of them, the curricula, the textbooks, all of those different things are, you know, majorly just kind of undermining the strength and the value of the family and their ability to be self-directed learners. That's completely taken off off the table. So... We'll get into that, you know, a little bit more. But don't think it's just something that affects children, because I'm seeing how that plays out. And just so you understand, too, I went to to, to school. I went to institutions. I was told idiotic things. I had idiotic teachers. I had some good ones, you know. So I'm not going to say that they were all bad. I had a couple of good ones in there, um, but I had some real idiots you know, who just didn't care and I had some terrible administrators, you know, I went through it <laughs> at, 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 at the, you know, uh, grade school level at the collegiate level, you know, I went through it too. So I understand, you know, um, so I'm not just speaking from someone who, who was not school injured and didn't have to go through the process of unraveling that myself and, you know, had to learn how to support different methods of, um, learning how to properly research and, And learning how to properly take advantage of different opportunities for myself and, you know, kind of just get back to that place where my brain could open back up in the right way, you know. Um, Although I was, it wasn't that difficult for me for several reasons I won't get into. Um, But I never really went through that school environment. I never went along with the program, (laughs) let's just put it that way. (laughs) So I was very clear that this is a prison. And if you make me go here for 12 years, you, this is a 12 year prison bid. I was always very clear on that, even as a, as a very young person. This is a prison bid. You know, so that's, that's neither here nor there. But we'll get into this a bit more. But I just wanted to open up the door, open up the floor with, um, just this discussion and, you know, we'll, we'll explore as we go forward. All right. So this has been Chief Yuya. This is Chief Yuya Podcast. Um, I put links, or there will be links, for the, the Shima, where I touched on this a little bit, as well as uh, the Anu Midday Affirmative. And um, I want to give thanks also to everyone who's been giving beautiful uh, reviews and feedback on the podcast, uh, as well as um, on the Hard On Project, the music project, on all the streaming platforms, and also those who have inquired about support for the uh, Free to Will um, project that I'm I'm uh, assisting with with uh, another brother of mine. Uh, you can find that on my Chief Yuya, uh social media accounts. You you'll see it. You know, especially my IG. You know, so thank you definitely for the support with that as well. All right, and um, yeah, we're gonna keep this thing moving forward. I'm trying to be a bit more consistent with the uh, the podcasting and stuff like that, and a couple other things that I'm working on. You know, books and and uh You know, some things that are forthcoming. So definitely keep your eye out for that. Make sure you're subscribed on all the platforms because sometimes stuff does kind of release, you know, sporadically. I'll be honest. You know, like this was supposed to be released two days ago. So that alone. All right. But anyway, um, it's been beautiful. And definitely uh, I hope that this gives you an opportunity to start to look over. Some of the concepts that you may have and the feelings that you may have around learning and academics and really search yourself to see, you know, um, if they're healthy notions that you have or maybe there's some things that need to be reviewed and refreshed and reengineered. All right. So this has been Chief Chief Yuya with the Chief Yuya Podcast. Be sure to review, subscribe, you know, leave a nice five star thing and all that, especially for all the books on Amazon. If you read the books and you enjoyed them, be sure that you, you know, leave a good review. For those of you interested in joining uh, my movement, Anu Life Global Ministries, you can go to Anulifeglobal.org, A-N-U-G A-N-U-L-I-F-E-G-L-O-B-A-L dot O .O R G. All right, and just click the join button. If you want to uh, kind of get into more of that, um, our Cash app, app also. If you ever want to give a donation to Anu Life, there's different ways to give donations, but Cash App is one of them, and that's dollar sign Anu Life G M A N U L I F E G M. Okay, so um, yeah, I just wanted to give thanks to all of you who've been riding along and learning. <laughs> Keep it up, all right. We'll be back soon enough. Be well.